For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Requires cling to the one Amen. Open your Bibles with me to First Corinthians. First Corinthians. We're going to start there and go through the book of First and Second Corinthians. So let's put a little preface here about the, the city of, of Corinth. Paul, if you read Acts chapter 18, you'll see where Paul went to Corinth for a year and a half, and he planted a church there. And that's when Paul stayed with Aquila and Priscilla, tent makers like he was, and they worked together, and uh, Paul built and established a church there. Now, the city of Corinth was, it sounds a lot like America today. It was a large, wealthy business city, famous for its learning, but also it was a very wicked city, all kinds of sin. And it was all kinds of different people there as it was on the seaport. I mean, there was a, it was a mixed population, just like America is, except for there were Romans and Jews and Greeks. And so if you could think the way, I guess the way I think of it is it's like a modern day Las Vegas if you will, party city, all kinds of stuff going on. And they were famous for their learning. And if you look at America today, they put much emphasis on learning, much emphasis on getting a degree, but there's no emphasis on being moral or having morality or being close to God. And so Paul is writing to this church that he planted and if you want a sum of 1 Corinthians chapters 1 through 6, Paul's is reproof. And then chapters 7 through 11 is correction. And chapters 12 through 16 is instruction. And I like the way Paul starts out here. Look with me now in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 1. As Paul writes, the first thing he does from about verse 1 through verse 6, as he tells them greetings, how much he loves them. Verse 3 says, Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. He tells them how much he loves them, but also how much Jesus loves them. And can I just say, if you're going to confront somebody in their sin, and call them out because you love them, because you want to see them get that right. That is a good example the Apostle Paul gives us here. Hey, start with how much these they're loved 
and cared for and how much value God puts on them and that you also love them and you want the absolute best for them. And that's why you are doing this. This is why you are talking to them. This is why you are pointing out the flaws that they need to correct. Because just like you, if somebody comes at you the wrong way, you automatically turn them off and you haven't heard anything that they said. Nothing they said mattered. So Paul here gives us a good example on how we can go to people in love to tell them, hey, this is right. And that's how you and I want people to come to us in love and point out what is wrong. And so Paul tells them how much they're loved and and cared for. And, And look with me now in verse number seven. So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, thank God for that because of the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. We can stand before God on judgment day and be blameless. Thank God for that, because we'll be covered in the blood if you're saved, if you're born again. And so the phrase, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, refer to the time when Christ will appear the second time. And he promised and he is coming again. Amen. The day of our Lord. Listen, it will be a time of blessing and reward for believers for a great day of blessings and and reward. But just as the day of the Lord will be a time of judgment for the unbelievers, it will be a time of judgment. The Bible even says taking vengeance on them that know not God, that believe, that doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. So thank God, if you're saved, you can stand before him and be blameless and you don't have the wrath of God abiding upon your life. Verse number nine, God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, let me just stop right there and say what that verse says. God is faithful by whom ye were called. God calls each and every person to be saved. The Bible says so. He wants the gospel to be preached to every person, rich, poor, black, white, African, American, Ethiopian. It doesn't matter. All can be saved. God calls each and every person. Jesus died for everyone, even the foulest person, the most hateful, the most mean person you can think of. Jesus died and played his life on the line just as much for them as he did for me or for you. And I understand that's hard for us to grasp, but we don't see things like God sees things. The truth is, we're all that way, that phallus person that you can think of, because God doesn't judge us by what we, just what we do. God also judges us by our heart. And the Bible says that your heart is deceitfully wicked above all things who can know it. And so my own heart is trying to deceive myself. And doesn't that say something about like what the world says, follow your heart, do what's, do what makes you happy. The Bible says that leads to destruction He most certainly does. Now, you do what God said. You follow God's plan for your life. And so God has called each and every person to be saved. 
a matter of fact, it's a command. But many, many reject it. And that's my belief that there are many people in churches all across the land who they want the blessing, but they have never truly repented and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Deep down inside, they're hoping that their good work will get them into heaven. I worked with a man not long ago, and I was we were talking about God and Jesus, and he said, you just never know. He might just say, come on in. And I had to explain to that man on several occasions that you cannot be good enough. You can never be good enough. Why? Because the Bible says there is none good, no, not one. Jesus said there's not one good. And so even, even what we think is good and when our good works, the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of a holy God. So you make sure that you are saved. You want to be part of that blessing and that reward. You don't want to be part of the judgment that's going to happen to unbelievers no, sir, no, ma'am. You make sure that you have been born again. Look with me now in verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no division among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Paul's telling them, he's talking to the church here, the church at Corinth, that, hey, you all, I, there should be no division among you. You shouldn't be separated into different groups. You shouldn't be. Now, now, I understand that some people are naturally drawn to others more than they are other people. I, I don't believe the verse is talking about that. I don't believe it's talking about personalities coming together. I believe that it's talking about the work of the Lord. There should be no division in the work of the Lord. And this is what it says, but that ye be perfectly, perfectly joined together in the same mind. In other words, we're all on the same page. We're all here for Jesus. We're all here to spread his gospel. We're all here to see people saved. We're all here to grow in the Lord. This is what it's all about. In other words, we're all going in the same direction. Amen. We may not all be on the same spiritual level, but we are all headed in the same direction. Paul said there be no division among you. You don't want to have that. Because a house divided will be torn apart. And Paul wants you to come together. Jesus, God wants you to come together. Not just join together. He says perfectly, perfectly together in the same mind and the same judgment. We're all going the same way. And Paul's telling us here, this is what you need to do, church. Look with me now in verse 11. For it hath been declared unto me, of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. So they had divided themselves into parties. And some of them were saying, well, wait a minute, we're of Paul. And others were saying, well, we're of Apollos. And others were saying, we're of Cephas, which is Peter. And even the ones there saying, I am of Christ. And so they divided themselves here into these different groups. And listen, the phrase, I am Paul, I have Apollos, and I have Cephas, were the divisions or parties referred to here. And I want you to notice that 
even the ones that say, well, wait a minute, I'm of Christ and I'm separating from you. They were just as guilty as the other ones. They were just as guilty as the other ones. Apollos is a good, godly man. Paul is a good, godly man. Cephas loved God. And we all know who Christ is. And all those are going the same way. And these people have separated themselves into little parties, into little cliques, if you will. And that is definitely not from the Lord. That is from man, and it's wrong, and we shouldn't do that. And that's exactly what Paul is telling the church here, and it still holds true to this day. Listen to verse 13. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in mine own name, and I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any. Paul is thanking God. I said, I, I did, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you because unless you say that you were of me paul was he says was paul talking about himself was i crucified for you he, he's letting them know that hey peter wasn't crucified for you i wasn't crucified for you paul, apollos wasn't crucified for you and none of us can forgive sins you shouldn't be putting us in that situation you shouldn't be dividing yourself why because we should all be of christ amen all under the umbrella of Christ. Now listen to what verse 17 says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be of none effect. Paul saying, Christ sent me. He didn't send me to baptize. He sent me to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ as he still calls people today to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, not all are called to be pastors. Not all are called to be an evangelist. Not all are called to be teachers. But God still calls people today. Will you answer the call? A lot of times, and most of the time, it's the younger people that the church looks at for God to call. But listen to me, God is still calling people of all ages. It's just the younger people have a more tender heart and a soft heart and more willing to change and do what God wants. But God still calls people of all ages to do his work. Now listen to the other part of that verse. He says, but preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be of none effect. You say, but I'm not that smart, but I'm, I don't have no education. I don't have any money. I don't have any means. I don't have nowhere to preach. I don't have this and I don't have that. Paul says, hey, I'm I'm not worried about looking smart. I'm going to preach the gospel and not with wisdom. Just Christ and Christ crucified is what I'm going to preach. And I know there are some people that have ministries and they go around and they are very intellectually smart. They most certainly are. But can I just say Paul was one of the smartest back then? He, he was part of the elite if you will, before he got saved. He went to some of the elite 
Ivy schools. As we would say today, they would call them an Ivy League school, you know, the biggest of the big. So Paul was highly intelligent, and even he is saying that I am not going to use wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be of none effect. It's not about me. It's not about how smart I can look. It's not about how much I know. It's not about all the big words that I know. No, it's all about Christ and Christ crucified, Paul says. In verse 18, he tells you, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. The people that are not saved, the people don't believe in God, Look at the cross and they go, that's crazy. What does this guy 2,000 years ago dying on a cross have anything to do with me? How in the world is he going to save me from going to hell? How in the world is he going to forgive me for sin? Some guy that they nailed to a cross and died. But the truth is, he wasn't just some man. He was the God man. He was fully God, yet he was fully man. You say, fully explain that. I cannot. But let me tell you, you can fully believe it. Amen. Why? Because the Bible says so. And that's exactly what he's talking about, that we don't need to preach with wisdom of words. Just preach the gospel. Amen. And those those that perish, those that are dying, those that don't believe, the Bible says to them, it is foolishness. It's, and from a worldly view, you would say, well, that's foolish. Well, what, what's that guy going to do for me? But the truth is, he was God in the flesh. And he no, no man took his life. He laid down his life for you so that you could be saved from your own sins and the penalty for sin is a place called hell. But let me just tell you, hell was not created for me or for you. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. But every unsaved person will go there if they've never repented of their sins and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. God, listen, they don't have a way to be saved. They don't have a way to get right with God. They don't have a way to get forgiveness for their sins. But Jesus Christ loved me and you enough that he made a way for me and for you. That we might be forgiven of our sins. That we might be able to spend eternity in the presence of God. Before the throne of God. Amen. And I so look forward to that day. As many times I'll sit around and think about it. Now listen, I don't long for death. I don't mean it like that. I'm not even looking forward to death. But I am looking forward to what happens after death. I am looking forward to being in heaven. I am looking forward to being to be in the presence of God. I am looking forward to see my family members that are saved. I am looking forward to walking down the streets of gold and putting my hand on, on the wall of jasper and maybe throwing a rock in the sea of crystal. Amen. What a great and wonderful thought. But those aren't going to be the greatest things about heaven. The greatest thing about heaven is going to be in the being in the presence of a thrice holy God and knowing that he loved a sinner like me and he wants me to be with him and be in fellowship with him just like he wants you to be with him and he wants you to be in fellowship with him so God didn't make a way for the devil and his angels to be saved, but he made a way for me and for you. And thank God for that. Now, those that are not saved, the Bible says that the preaching of the cross is for them, that it's foolishness for them. But he says this, but unto us which are saved, it is the power 
of God. Listen to me. That is a real amazing thing. That is a miracle when a person gets saved. Not, not when a person gets healed of cancer. Yeah, that might be miraculous, but they're still going to get old and die. They're still going to get old and die. No matter what sickness they have, if they got healed, they're still going to get old and die. But listen, when a person gets born again and their name is written in the Lamb's book of life and they have received eternal life, amen, when they die, they're forever going to be with the Lord instead of a person that has rejected the Lord Jesus Christ to a person that says the preaching of the cross is foolishness. Listen to me, that person will fall into a place called hell. And the Bible says there's weeping and wailing, gnashing of teeth, gnawing of tongue where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Hell is not a place you want to go to. You see, there's no help in hell. There's no forgiveness in hell. There's nothing in hell but torment and pain and suffering for all eternity. Because hell is a one-way door. There's no way out. And there's no hope. But while you're alive today, you have hope. You can put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So going on, verse 19 says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Question mark. Where is the scribe? Question mark. Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? All the wisdom of the world could not even come close to the bottom rung of God's wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You see, when you start to realize how big, how powerful, how mighty, how eternal God truly is, you're starting to get a glimpse of wisdom. The Bible says that it's the beginning of, of wisdom. You're starting to see God for who he really is. Amen. And you ever seen that bumper sticker, God is love? God is love. But that's also misleading because that's not all he is. God is holy. God is just. God is righteous. And God will punish sin. Because the wrath of God abides upon you if you have never been born again. If you will be honest with yourself, you have sinned, you have lied, you have stolen. You say, but everybody has. That's right, everybody has. And that's why everybody needs salvation. If you fall on your face before a thrice holy God and ask forgiveness, and I'm sorry for what I was doing, and ask Jesus into your heart and believe in him that he died on the cross and that he rose again the third day, the Bible says that you will be saved. The preaching of the cross will no longer be foolishness to you. It will be the power of God unto salvation. And you will want others to know about it. You will want your family members to know about it. You will want your family members to be saved. It worries me when somebody says they got saved, but they're not worried about their family. They're not worried about their friends. They're not worried about telling their others. There was a great evangelist said that said that if you... Don't want others to be saved. It's probably because you're not saved 
yourself. And so once a person does get saved, man, they want their family to be saved. They want their friends to be saved. Amen. The Bible says that you must work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Make sure you just didn't say a little prayer that somebody told you to say, but that you have truly repented in your heart and asked Jesus for forgiveness and put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.